Last weekend, I talked about how we're living in an apostolic age, which is distinguished from an age of Christendom. Whereas the time of Christendom, there's a Christian culture. In an apostolic age, we find ourselves uh, in a culture that's indifferent or hostile to Christianity. So not long ago, 30 to 40 years perhaps, we lived in a Christian culture, but it's no longer the case. We are living in an apostolic age where we have different demands that, are, uh, re that were required of us if we're going to preach the gospel, if we're going to live the mission of Christ. Today in the gospel, Jesus calls his first apostles. He tells them, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Jesus tells the same thing to us today. And although the circumstances and times are different and they change over, over the different uh, periods of time, the mission remains the same, to go and make disciples. That's our call as the church. I think it would be a little bit helpful to know some of the hallmarks of an apostolic age. What are those things that are going to be, uh, that we face in our, in our circumstances today? What are those experiences and realities that we have going on around us? So that when we encounter these things, we don't say, oh gosh, it seems like we're doing something wrong, but rather we just simply say, oh, that's right, we're living in an apostolic age. It's, it's a different circumstance. We're, we're facing different challenges. We just have to adapt. So in an apostolic age, living as a Christian requires continual growth and the ability to defend our faith against the constant attacks and erosive action of the environment we find ourselves in. It's like building a, a dike or a dam. The more secular the culture comes, the stronger our defenses need to be. We need to kind of match those attacks that come at us. In an apostolic age, Christianity is not society's governing vision. So uh, what is most helpful for, for conversions of other people is to have a visible witness of authentic discipleship. Not just a talking head, right? So my job is easier. Your jobs are not so easy. Sorry, that's, that's how it is. We all are called to be witnesses. And you're out in the world. I get to talk in this little church and, and send you all out. So, no, I'm kidding. I have to do that too. But get what I'm saying. It's a challenge that we face. Sometimes it's easy to be a Christian in here. But when we go out, what happens then? We will be constantly tested in the culture, by the culture around us. It will always be easier to be lukewarm or non-Christian and that's exhausting sometimes, isn't it? It's challenging. In an apostolic age, we can't count on the society to support our values or our institutions. So we're going to have to do those things for ourselves. And it's difficult to found or support and maintain our, our facilities, our schools, our hospitals, our orphanages, our universities, religious orders even. This becomes more difficult in times like this. In an apostolic age, there are all kinds of different errors about the faith that are commonly held and believed. That's just part of the, part of the soup we live in, right? There's going to be material advantages available to those who make peace with the culture around us. So when we, when we see that there's uh, challenges to living our faith, sometimes you know, this, it's hard to resist the attraction or the advantages that we can have if we just kind of capitulate and say, okay, we'll make, we'll make amends, we'll sort of uh, be like the culture. And so that's especially difficult for those who are vulnerable, those, those who maybe don't have the resources to uh, just do the basic necessities in their life. You know, the culture offers them different things, here's a little shortcut, here's a way to get ahead, and it's, it's hard to resist that. 
In apostolic age, because of the environment we live in, this is actually maybe a good thing, depending on how you look at it, the clergy, I would say, are less apt to seek worldly gain through careerism in the church. When no worldly advantages or prestige is offered, we're sort of protected from those who would seek to use the church as a way to, to get those things. If you look at our church today, maybe we can see that many of our senior level clergy grew up in a time of Christendom. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to us that for them maybe to struggle to shift tactics, to, to be in a different situation, to make those necessary sacrifices for living in an apostolic age. Could this be why some bishops and priests have chosen comfort or security over confronting the culture or dealing with the problems within the church that we've seen uh, time and time again? An apostolic age offers no such comforts, and therefore those who are attracted, hopefully, to the clergy are those who are on fire and are faithful to Christ in all things. In an apostolic age, there can be a tendency to be discouraged, right? We look around, we, we see there's challenges, there's um, different things, and especially if we try to measure the church by what we see, like her, her physical uh, success or the strength of her institutions, we can look around and be a little discouraged by that sometimes. And because of the high cost of discipleship, there can be a temptation, uh, not for so much hypocrisy, which is more common in Christendom, but cowardice, that we step away, we don't, we, we don't want to fight those fights that we're supposed to fight, that we need to fight as a church. And so we get a little, maybe, fearful instead of going out and saying, okay, this is a battle we got to fight, we got to do it. There could be a waning of confidence in the power of the gospel to transform our lives. We can get a little um, frustrated or, or, or maybe uh, upset with people because they don't trust in the gospel to transform them. And that can be a challenge for us. In an apostolic age, it's easy to step away from the church out of fear or what can be materially gained by turning away, turning our backs on the faith. So these are things that we experience, that we see. I'd also like to mention some temptations that we can fall into as a way to try to address these challenges that I just mentioned. These realities, these dynamics which come from living in an apostolic age. So these are ways we tend to want to deal with the current situation, but they actually don't help us. So let's just list some of those things. We can become overly rigorous, right? We can become critical or judgmental, uh, upset with everyone outside of the church because they seem to be part of the problem, right? Instead of having compassion and love for them and saying, okay, they are where they are. We need to meet them where they are. We can come off a little bit hard or prickly to the rest of society. All those Christians, they're, they're not very nice people. They always seem upset and angry about how things are going. We have to be careful how we show ourselves to the world. Are we living the joy of the gospel or something else? We can be tempted to erect these personal orthodoxies that have really nothing to do with living the gospel. You know, the temptation is to align ourselves maybe in the gospel with a political line or with uh, a group of people that think like us. Um, and we can make the gospel more about those things and make it into something it's not meant to be. There could be a temptation to give up on the task of engaging the culture, right? Sometimes we can feel like, oh, let them all just, let them just fall apart. Let it all just go. We, we don't need them. They're, they're just going their own way. Let it, let, it, let it all fall apart. And that can be a temptation that we totally withdraw from the world 
And if we do that, we're basically saying that we have nothing to offer or to contribute to society, which is not true, right? As Christians, we have something great and a great treasure to contribute, but sometimes we can be a little bit kind of standoffish and say it's easier just to stay out of it. There can be a temptation on the other extreme to be tempted to uh, accommodate ourselves to the culture. If you look at what's happening right now in Germany, in the church in Germany, and even in elements of our own country, we see bishops and priests and laity alike calling for acceptance of cultural ideas or morals that are directly opposed to Jesus and what he taught. So this is a temptation, right? This can stem from our own moral failings or struggles, or it can be a fear of seeing that people are leaving the fold of the church and say, how do we, how do we get these people back? How do we hold them here? You know, these are painful realities, but accommodation is not a path that remains faithful to Christ. And so it's not really a good one for us as Catholics. For those who measure the success of the major, of being in the majority, there can be this fear of being the minority. And it can drive us to try to accommodate the gospel or attempt to remain in the majority by making these accommodations. So rather than clearly articulating the gospel, we're tempted to try and frame the gospel in a different way, a strategy that, um, you know, if, if we just make it look a little different, we put it in a different way, maybe the culture will accept it. Maybe that'll be culturally popular and in vogue right now. But this is actually a disastrous strategy, right? If we belonged, if, we're, if belonging to Christ is no different than being a member of society, then why be a Christian, right? Why be a Catholic if, if it means nothing different than I just fit in with the culture? We have nothing to offer them and there's no supernatural grace available to us if that's our strategy. And one last uh, temptation that I would list is we can sometimes try to live in harmony and turn in a blind eye to the moral or doctrinal errors of our time. Simply just, I don't want to hear about it, I don't want to deal with it. And this leads to a diluting of the power and potency of the gospel. Again, no one that I'm aware of says, yeah, sign me up for that beige Catholicism, that lukewarm Catholicism. That, that looks great. That, that just seems really great, and I want to do that. So it doesn't work very good, right? So th these are temptations, and they, on the surface they can look like, oh, that's a way to deal with our problem. But the reality is they don't help. So how do we deal with the realities of living in the apostolic age? and avoid the temptations or the pitfalls that seem to present themselves as solutions to the current plight? Great question. That's next week's homily, so you have to come back again. Sorry. Uh, but for today, I'd invite you to ponder whether we see these dynamics at work in the church and the world around us. Do we see this going on? Do we see these pitfalls that I mentioned, are they something that we've been attempted to do or that we see people around us being tempted to do? Do we see the realities of the apostolic age present in the church today? And secondly, are we, again, are we tempted by those strategies to try to uh, make, make things better? That maybe they seem to be a good option, but really they're not. So it's important for us to acknowledge where we are and what motivates our thinking and our actions because if we're going to change for the better, if we want to make things better, we need to understand ourselves and the current situation we find the church in. It's going to feel a little bit like walking against a receding tide, if you've ever had that sense, where the water's pulling all the soil and everything out from underneath you. But the Lord will not abandon us. 
He will show us the way.